What's up, everybody? I'm Josh Meek, the Uber Geek, and welcome to Pretty Dece, your weekly show about movies, comics, games, and all the pop culture in between. This is Pretty Dece Season 2, Episode 5, for the week of October 7th, 2019. Hopefully you all have had a wonderful week since our last episode. Uh, I have had a very good week and a good weekend as well. Had a very busy weekend filled with lots of stuff, but uh, also pretty fun. Had had a very fun weekend as well. Um, lots going on. Um, got a lot done. Got a lot done around the house, which is once you're an old person like I am is a, is a very important thing. And it's it's exciting times, of course. We are in the month of October. It is spooky season, if you will. So hopefully you are starting to think about what you plan to be for Halloween. Uh, personally, I plan to be someone who doesn't dress up for Halloween like I am every year. But I do really enjoy seeing everyone's costumes for Halloween. I enjoy seeing people who get out there and are more creative than me and have more fun than me and come up with some really awesome, fun costumes. I love seeing those pictures online and and seeing those costumes in person as well. So things to think about. It's getting pretty close. Halloween will be here before we know it. This week has been a big one for news and for fun releases or interesting releases, let's say. Uh, So without further ado, let's jump into the show to talk about those things now. Pretty Dece, Pretty Dece, here we go. Facebook.com slash Pretty Show. It's time to geek out with Josh, your host. So the first thing on the show that I want to talk about is the release of Joker. Uh, the, the film Joker came out uh, on Friday. I got to see it on opening night there on Friday. And... Boy, this is an interesting film. So, starring Joaquin Phoenix, this is a movie uh, about the Joker, the DC supervillain, of course, known for tormenting Batman. We've seen many iterations of Joker, both in uh, in live action film, in animation, and of course, in the in the comics, the source material themselves. This version of Joker focuses just on Joker, and it is an origin story, and it's set in the 1980s. And it is really unlike any telling of a Joker tale that we've seen thus far. And, and not just because it is it is a serious film. We've seen, we've seen kind of serious versions of Joker stories in the past. But this, this is a, a film that... It's, it's more of a, of a character study about Joker than I think anything we've seen before. Really getting into kind of the the, the psyche of Joker and how he, he went from a just a, a mentally unstable, a mentally unhealthy person to the clown prince of crime. And watching this film and watching like like that slow descent into madness it's hard to say that I enjoyed this film because there really wasn't anything enjoyable about the entire process. I think by design, this movie is an, a deeply unsettling experience from beginning to end. Even when there are like subtle laughs here and there, um, it, it's still filled with this 
this sense of kind of dread and and I I found myself sitting in the theater sort of like like holding my face like I'm just in fear like oh no it's about to it's about to happen the 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 next shoe is about to drop the hammer is about to fall and I think that is all intentional so it's not a film that it's not a typical superhero movie despite the fact that it is based on a superhero property uh, it's not a movie you're going to go and, and pop popcorn through and then leave the theater feeling energized. It's going to get its hooks in you, and you're going to think about it for the next couple days after you see it. And, and that's what they're that's what they're attempting to do. I do think that it's well-made, so I can't say that I enjoy it for those reasons, but I, I do think that it is a well-made film. I think that it's... It, one of the biggest things against Joker is that it doesn't really have much to say other than taking you on this path of of the the progress of the Joker into madness. At the end they they try to kind of tie a bow on some things and they they try to they, they kind of hit the nail a little too close on the head. It's a little too on the nose with with them suddenly deciding that they have a message. And you know, it there, there was never a, a reasonable way they could have ended this film that would have felt like it was properly wrapped up. And they give you some kind of like little fun nuggets at the end and they sort of um, hint and tease and show different pieces of the Joker mythos and even the Batman mythos that you might not necessarily have expected that you would see. But the movie just kind of ends like the things ratchet up to a hundred percent very quickly things sort of come to a head and then the movie's kind of over and and you have been watching the Joker this entire time and you've been getting more and more anxious about the things that are happening in this film and you get to the end and, and yes you you commiserate with the character of the Joker and that's that's partly the intent they want you to understand his plight and the things that he has gone through but for me at least I also wanted to see him punished I wanted to see a Batman swoop in and take him out and obviously that's not a thing that can happen in this film and not a thing that was ever going to happen so you're kind of left with this feeling of like unease things didn't quite resolve themselves and again I think that that is all intentional but it makes for a film that is hard to hard to recommend you know you you, it's hard to say I mean you're gonna love it Uh, but it is easy to say it's a film that I think is well made it's a film that's well put together Uh, and it's a film that's definitely worth seeing and it's a film that I think is is important and, and is worth talking about and the last kind of awesome piece about the Joker is Joaquin Phoenix's performance obviously we've had some fantastic iterations of Joker throughout the years. Heath Ledger's version of Joker is is downright iconic. Joaquin Phoenix, again, gives uh, this ridiculously haunting performance of the Joker. Every time that he laughs, it is the uh, picture-perfect Joker laugh, exactly what you expect, and... He can contort his face and his body in ways that you fully expect from the Joker 
but you wouldn't have thought would have been humanly possible, and he figures out how to do it. He is great, what he brings to this role. The movie would not be the same if not for him and his performance. So hats off to Joaquin Phoenix that he is he's 70% of why this movie is good. Uh, so that is Joker. It's, it's an interesting film. It's, a, it's an unsettling film. It is definitely worth seeing, and I would love to hear what you guys think about it. So please tweet me, message me. I'd love to hear your thoughts. This is a movie that is kind of designed for discussing with your friends. So let's do exactly that. In gaming news this week, Sony's sort of streaming service, now sort of a download service, PlayStation Now, has been getting a bit of an overhaul. And, and this week we saw the biggest change to the platform in quite some time. It got a massive price drop. It went from about 20 bucks a month, cut in half. Now it's only $9.99 a month. And also we're getting some new games added to the service. Some really good first-party games as well. So we're seeing God of War, Grand Theft Auto V, Infamous Second Son, and Uncharted 4. These games will be on the service until January 2020 or through January 2020. And then games will rotate in and out from there. So this really puts PlayStation Now in line more with the Xbox Game Pass. And it's something that I think Sony needed to do. However, I, I do wonder if this is a if this is a ship they can kind of course correct on. I think up to this point, so many people have heard the term PlayStation Now and have kind of written it off for various reasons. Either it was too expensive which is now changing, or its game selection wasn't there because it didn't have PS4 games, which was true for a while and is now not true any longer, or it was streaming only and they didn't want to use that much bandwidth and, and, and uh, take that much latency into their gaming, which now is no longer true. You can you can download titles. But, you know, this this concept of PlayStation Now has gone through so many of these iterations and there are so many different things now they have to um, sort of re-educate the public on about PlayStation now. One has to wonder at what point would it have been simpler just to scrap that name and spin up a brand new service with a different name more as a, a direct competitor to Game Pass or something that would get people excited about the brand new service from, uh, from PlayStation. Nonetheless, they are they are charging ahead with PlayStation Now and actively making it a better service, which is great. Like, when's the last time you heard a service uh, that was a uh, subscription-based service uh, that uh, that was delivering you entertainment where the price went down? You know, most of the time you hear about Netflix going up and up and up, and uh, and you hear about more and more offerings, and oh, hey, we're adding tiered services. Um, for example, but now for a service to just chop its its price in half, that's great. That that really shows that they're they're looking at the competition and they're looking at their value offering and reassessing it and really trying to kind of up that value that you get for your PlayStation Now subscription. So all great stuff there. I will say the idea of games rotating out is kind of a bummer. You know, I like the idea that. Once a game is on the service, it's typically going to be there forever. 
but it's plenty of time through January 2020 for you to play these games and be done with them, and it won't be that big of a deal when they do rotate. So, kind of a minor thing there. So, for 10 bucks a month, or 25 per quarter, or 60 bucks for a year, so nice saving there, you can get PlayStation Now, and you can get a lot of good gaming in for a lot cheaper than buying full-price games. And in today's bit of weird news, Wendy's The Fast Food Restaurant has released a full role-playing game in the vein of Dungeons and Dragons. They call it Feast of Legends, and it is a 97-page PDF document in the kind of art style of Dungeons and Dragons and in the uh, game style as well, where you are creating a character based on the various food offerings of Wendy's and then going on an adventure in a world themed around the world of Wendy's with uh, areas in the, in the world map uh, named things like Top Bun Mountains or uh, Roast Beach or The Deep Freeze. And then, of course, to go along with that, Bottom Bun Mountains. <laughs> uh, certainly interesting, interesting places. And in this RPG, you are, of course, as as one would, would do, fighting against McDonald's. You are attempting to, to defeat the United Clown Nations, which is, of course, a thinly veiled reference to McDonald's. Now, this is obviously a joke, and this is obviously a marketing stunt, and I'm normally not down for hashtag brands, but, but Wendy's is really out here doing it. So this is a joke, and I could see a company joking about making an RPG and maybe have some artwork done up or maybe have a few puns they, they tweet out about it. But Wendy's literally went to the trouble of making this 97-page role-playing game that actually is a real working role-playing game system. It's a joke, but it's also very serious. It's a game system. It gives people bonuses for eating Wendy's when you play the game. But it also is basically Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. And they have rolled out an entire adventure in the game, which walks you through and, and it has uh, Wendy's-themed puzzles and encounters. And uh, the whole thing is kind of wrapped up in this sort of meta layer of hilarious joke while being a real, honest-to-goodness role-playing game. So while, yes, it is just pure advertisement, yes, they are going at crowds exactly like us that are interested in role-playing games and fantasy elements and things like that, it is going all the way with it, which is a thing that I can truly, truly appreciate. So if you want to give this a good read, which is, is a super fun thing to do, or if you want to try this out with your gaming group, uh, much like Critical Role, of course, the uh, live stream D&D game show did, uh, you, can, you can go to, to the website and check that out yourself as well. It's feastoflegends.com. Download the full rulebook. It is as bizarre as it is hilarious as it is brilliant. It is Wendy's role-playing game. 
And our final piece of news for today is not shocking, but it is certainly the uh, the next missile fired in the streaming wars between Disney and Netflix. And it is that Disney has now banned Netflix from advertising on almost all of its television networks. Uh, this is a story coming from the New York Times. And all of Disney's television networks, of which there are many, so ABC, Freeform, National Geographic, on and on and on, will no longer be accepting advertising dollars for airing Netflix ads. Um, Disney is really going all the way here with this breaking of ties from Netflix and, of course, going into their Disney Plus streaming service. They are... Um, they're, they're really trying to put their hammer down and hide the idea of Netflix from people who are, are viewing their platforms. This is not necessarily a thing to get angry at Disney about. It's their television networks. They're allowed to have a say in, in what gets advertised on those networks. But it's definitely an interesting move it, and, and, and will drive a further divide between these two kind of media giants. Um, the split between them clearly is is um, is is getting kind of the size of the Grand Canyon, and it'll be interesting to see if, for example, in, in the in the future, if Disney's streaming service doesn't quite pan out and it ends up closing, will Netflix want to start doing business with with Disney once again? Obviously, Disney is a juggernaut, and Netflix having that stuff on there would be very good. Netflix has kind of shown that, like, okay, hey, like, we can still kind of do it without you guys. It'd be nice to have your stuff, but we don't need it. We're in the game of, like, making our own uh, content at this point. So, that's interesting. These two companies sort of getting so far at odds that maybe they would never work together again in the future. It, uh, it certainly is a thing that, that doesn't hurt Disney doing it at all. Um, they can only really gain from this, at least in the short term, by not, uh, not pushing customers over to Netflix. And, of course, they can start airing more ads for Disney Plus and kind of getting people into that ecosystem instead. Netflix, you know, probably won't suffer more for this than they already were for the Disney properties leaving. Netflix apparently spends like $1.6 billion a year on advertising, which is a, a shocking amount for a company that feels as ubiquitous as Kleenex now at this point. Um, but uh, they, they are going to lose some, some very important things that they advertise during, like the Oscars, for example. But, you know, it's a thing that... It makes sense that Disney is doing it, and uh, again, just... Uh, another volley in kind of this war between these two streaming giants. Disney will charge ahead, of course, with Disney+, Plus, and we will see how successful that is in the, in the coming years for Disney. And folks, that's going to do it for Pretty Dece for this week. Thank you very much, as always, for joining me to talk about uh, what ended up being a pretty eclectic collection of news for this week. Some interesting movie releases and some weird news and and some uh, some Cold War streaming news as well uh, between Netflix and Disney. 
If you want to check out all the past episodes of Pretty Dece, including all the episodes from uh, Season 2 of Pretty Dece here, since we have gone into our weekly format, you can head on over to prettydeceshow.com to find those. And of course, you can check out the YouTube channel. All of our episodes go up on YouTube as well, so if that's an easier way for you to listen to the show, you can do that. That's youtube.com slash prettydece. And, of course, you can hit me up on social media. I'd love to hear your thoughts this week, especially about Joker. Please tweet me what you thought about the film. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pretty Dece Show. <laughs>